The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Eye for an eye, the way that we're rolling, and we got some more mass requiring a toll. We will shock you, we will awe you. You will never understand all the hurt that befalls you. Opportunity attack, what's that bitch? I got a big back scratcher, you a bad itch. You're a weak bite, like a flea bite, and we'll kill you like a pony on the prom night. You never knew what hit you in the lock went click, bang yourself like a sinner in a jack chick. Little pamphlet, yeah. Good evening. It is Kadev, decidedly not Stu. Uh, and the B team, sort of, is. Most of the B team. Some like, of the B team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks it's for finally inviting me to your cool hobby. Guys. Closer than the B team than anybody else. Uh, we're here to take over again so that Stu may run his continuing vampire game in the other room. So there may be some, you know. Back and forth, or you yeah, might hear there might be wandering and, and yeah, you might hear Did, stuff. Stephen's gonna get that like, drunk. He's gonna start wandering. No, 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 no. Yeah, not not today. That's that's, that's a whole different level of wandering. <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> so uh, this is season sixteen, episode nineteen of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. Um, my are. name is Kadave. And my name is uh, Teleotic, but uh, let's just go with Tim, because it'll be easier to remember. Good. Um, important, not the Proby Tim, a not different that Tim. Tim entirely. An entirely new and Tim. And this is Horky, a.k.a. Clockwork on the forums, and Steven to everybody else. An asshole to most people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, like I said, Season 16, Episode 19. Uh, coming up, a big announcement... Um, June 24th through June 30th on Google Hangouts is the next JackerCon. JackerCon. <laughs> there you go. Damn back, tiny buttons. Good back job. on it with timing. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. We'll edit that out in post. <laughs> what, oh, post? wait. Yeah, there is none of that. So, um, if Uh, you are interested, make sure you go to the forums and check that out. I'm not quite sure. Um, uh, Have you done JackerCon before? I have not. I have not. I've played some games now online, but I have not done JackerCon. Usually because it seems to always arrive at a time that I'm super busy. But I think I'm actually not super busy then, so it may work out. Uh, next up, uh, if you'd like to email us, you can at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Uh, and a word from Stu, emails have been a little slow because, you know, it's that season. Um, so if you have something you want to try and get on the air, now's a good time. There's not a six-month waiting list to try and get your email on. And are they still doing the... Uh the phone call in thing? There is, but I don't have any idea what that number is. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So if you really talk about it. Go to one of the old episodes and find, Listen, that, number find that, that number is. and call in, because those voicemails are so awesome. <laughs> if you really want to get on this podcast, I recommend uh, befriending these guys sometime about 20 years ago and slowly insinuating yourself into their lives. <laughs> yes. That's a plan that worked for you. It, it worked Finally. out. Finally. Finally. <laughs> And yeah. now, and now you're here. All this hard work is finally paid off. <laughs> the culmination of friendship right now. You're watching it live. 
And then we can end it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, now it's over. Yeah, I, don't, I won't need you guys after <laughs> He just tonight. walks out. Fuck you. Oh, well, you drove, so maybe, oh, okay, maybe okay. for an uh-huh. hour. Uh, I could last a little suck longer. Suck me back in. Uh, <clears throat> so coming up in this episode, uh, Out of Print GM sends a story about how a big reveal worked. Ooh. Of the, the hill, hill people. Asks about PCs made to deal with player issues. And then does Rebecca owe another player an apology? Uh, and then finally, Keith in Oklahoma, not Sweden, sends a GM confession. Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. Ooh. <laughs> it's not the Red Shoe Diaries, it's a GM confession. What? That is as close as this podcast gets to late night Cinemax. So, and I'm glad for that. I'm, I am. Knowing the cast, yes. yes. You are correct, sir. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first email, unless there's anything anybody else wants to talk about? Um, I have nothing to pitch right now. Oh! Oh! Real quick, uh, the last time we did the B-Team episode, I mentioned that um, the speech therapist um, that works with my kids um, was selling off a bunch of games, and she managed to sell all but two games. How many, from the list. How many emails did she get? Uh, it was a reasonable amount of people. Oh. How many creepy emails did she get? <laughs> Not too many. Oh, that's good. <laughs> At least none that I was told about. So. <laughs> so good on you. Thanks for not being creepy out there, and thanks for buying a bunch of board games. Hot. And helping somebody whittle down their collection that has grown too large for their home. So, uh, first email from Out of Print GM. Tim. Tim, you're up. How a big reveal worked. Out of Print GM. I'm, I'm just going to run into this. This is out of print DM once again. Sending greetings from a wet Yorkshire winter to the Happy Jacks crew, one and all. Just want to say thanks for the Hardcore History podcast. Nice. So he he thanks you. It's well, wet here too, actually, uh, yeah. in California. Which Surprise. is why shockingly enough, not make it. Yeah. 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 It's now on my list of podcasts. See Appendix One below for a full list if you're interested. Gaming is good at the moment. I am running the third season of my FFG Star Wars game, Tales of Errant Venture, now with added force and destiny. Mm. Cool. Hot. That appears to be the end of the email. Well, no, no, there's, no. There's more. Oh. But <laughs> you I'm, can skip the next line because that's inserted. I am new to this, obviously. I thought this is a second email. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. No, I'm, I'm paying I'm, attention. I'm this, looking forward cool. to The art is saying no. All right. Out of print DM. As a ref of many years and systems experience, I try my best to be a yes and ref, but at times players have asked for some totally outlandish character concept. Now, I don't want to shut players down like some refs have done to me in the past. Uh, for instance, when making characters for the original Deadlands game, I came up with a huckster character traveling the Wild West looking for Hoyle's Book of Games. It's cool. The ref instantly said, you want effing find it. Now... <laughs> I would have used the book as a MacGuffin to lead the player in a merry chase, so how to say no without limiting your player's creativity? Hmm. Hmm. Well, okay. let's pause for a second. We can discuss. Right. So, if I can, in parsing this, it's, it's really, this is kind of a question of if one of your players, in as a player character, semi-spoils something you wanted for your own adventure, how do you, how do you yes and them, or how do you deal with that? Well, it's also just the art of telling players no, um, because as much as we often on this podcast talk about the importance of being a yes-and kind of guy when you're running a game, or girl, whatever, 
Um, the the real trick is you can't just let people run hog wild. Yeah. You have to put limits on what they're able to do. Otherwise, you end up with a game that makes no sense, or they're just running about. Or um, even you know thinking about it, you want to in you know a case like this. Think about the story as a whole and other people's enjoyment and whether or not a character concept or something like that would work. For instance, um, when we were first talking, uh, Disclosure, uh, Tim is actually in the Outlaw Star game that Gammon is in and a few others. Um, And when we were originally discussing what kind of game we were going to do, Tim had this really great idea that he came to me with for like uh, an android who didn't who was keeping things on the down low and everything, but that kind of concept worked really well for a serious game. It was kind of a, a Bishop from Aliens concept in some ways. Uh, uh, the, the, other, the other player characters wouldn't necessarily know that I was an android. Oh, less Bishop, more... Sorry, not Bishop. Um, um, Ian Holm. Well, I just totally blew yeah, that for myself. Yeah. All my credibility out, out the window. Yeah, from yeah, from so Alien. Alien, not Aliens. Good job, Tim. Fair enough. So let's just, um, let's just rewind that. But <laughs> we'll nope, fix it in post. There now. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. It's cool. I got the email wrong too. I misparsed <laughs> the email, so I'm really off to a great start. But I'm just going to drink some more beer. Do that. It actually helps. But there's a limit. I'll we'll discuss that some other time. Um, but for that, I went ahead after having talked to other players about their concepts and what kind of game the majority of the players were looking for. You know, I have to go to Tim, who has this great idea, is very excited about it, and say. Yeah, no, that's not going to work in this particular type of setting. It, because, and there I said no, mainly because it was going to, in the end, help Tim's enjoyment of the game. Because the character arc that he was looking for is not what that game ended up being. And is not what that game has become. And he would have been bored out of his skull. <laughs> so sometimes saying no can work out and for here in the emails like the reference he said you if you want it fucking find it i you know that kind of sucks because um the player wanted to use the book as the macguffin to lead the player on a merry chase so i say no without limiting the player's creativity i, I think i think i'm not sure about, about typo. Right? i think the gm told him you're you not won't. gonna fucking find oh, it. oh you're not gonna fuck okay i'm missing yeah, a word yeah that's what i think so okay. i think it's, you won't want, fucking find he, it he meant won't Okay. Uh, because I'm taking it. But. You want it, fucking find it, is an encouragement. You won't fucking find it. Okay. Is now this a sh- makes a, a hell down. of a lot more sense. Okay, cool. Dig it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. What I was going to say is, and actually this is in relation to your campaign and what you were talking about, the, the original character concept I came up with. Um, Steven. Sorry. That doesn't matter. Go ahead. Horky. That's All right. Is that uh, you, you did a good job of customer service management there. Sometimes it's not about, I don't even think saying no, it's, you were like, that's a really great concept. Like, you made me feel good about my creativity, and then just explained to me why it probably wouldn't work, right. you know, in the, in the context of the game. And I, I would really like to play that game in, like, a grittier traveler setting. See, you know. you're still doing it. but i mean that's but there are ways that you can say no without stifling the creativity of a player right you know it's not just a no you can't be a fucking android what the hell is your problem i want anime cat people 
Damn it. Yeah. And it's certainly easier to, to yes and or to offer positive encouragement to your players if you actually like their ideas. Uh, it's a little bit more <laughs> sure. difficult if you think they're outlandish and also dumb or outlandish and also just broken or ill-conceived or, you know. Um, if there is a, a nugget, though, I, I think it's I think it's in everybody's interest and, uh, you know, for, for enjoyment to to see if you can dig out and polish that nugget, to, you know, expand on, on some aspect of what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, something like you don't say you won't fucking find it. You suddenly there's a, a rumor, you know, and you can yeah. have them go on red herrings and chases and, you know, you can drag that out and they may never find it, but, you know, you it's become a, you know, it could become like in Deadlands, you know, it could be a hindrance for them, an obsession with yeah. the, uh, you know, Hoyles. You know, so, I mean, that's a, one way they can kind of, as you say, kind of polish up that it's a nugget of shit that's not going to happen. But, you know, <laughs> it didn't, just, mean it was, I, they didn't need to be a nugget. I know, I know you didn't, but it's like... It could be a diamond that, in there. It could be something good in there. It's just how you are going to use it. Now, so, the, the other thing I would say about, I mean, this, this scenario, uh, and I understand as a player, you're like, he, he could have taken this idea and... Or he or she, I don't know what the, what the DM is, but... The DM could have taken this idea and then made this whole like thing for us and and uh, and uh, led us on this interesting adventure and chase and it's actually not your game. I I mean, yes, role playing is collaborative, but sometimes as a DM, you have a game in mind. You have a story you want to tell the players. Be careful. Uh, uh, oh, maybe I'm tripping. Tri- okay. No, no, no. I actually want to see this. Yeah, I want to see, see how what it happens. Let's, let's yeah. see what he does. Yeah. You have a story that you want to tell or that you want your players to experience. And what your players... And, and specific kind of suggestions like this in terms of alternate storylines may not necessarily be what the DM wanted to do. And while you can... Well, well I think collab- collaboration is important. Sometimes you should... Res- you should respect the narrative that you signed up to play, g- given that you have a chance to DM a game yourself later, or to try to integrate those ideas uh, into the campaign as it develops instead of trying to railroad the DM off as, on, on, as, on a As Tim concept. is a player in my game, I I got a little tear, you know, and I'm, I'm <laughs> I love it. But Dave, I think you have something to say. No, no, uh, like I see what you're where you're going. I, I, I agree with you when it comes time for character creation. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting down with a GM and you're like, okay, we're going to play this kind of game and we're all going to make characters, and you're the dude that brings a crossbow to a space game, and you're like, it's because the crossbow has better stats than the laser pistol. It's not because it's a YA novel? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like when you come up with that character that's just not going to work, like the android situation. Like right. if the game turned out yeah. to be more outlandish than that, yeah, it wasn't um, going to support the idea of a serious like. Okay, well maybe somebody on the crew knows you're an android, but most people don't. Yeah, we, and like maybe you have some ulterior motives that are programmed in that kind of stuff. Like all those ideas yeah, are that super cool. Work in the last scenario, you missed that game. The you know, we had a Muppet Man situation with a, you know, a tiny, you know, bird-like alien, you know, as the head on the shoulders of a giant cyborg trying to lie to the cops that they were actually a mechanic and, like, leading a foot chase through a noodle shop. 
Android with a very serious agenda does not work in that particular situation. You know, so, you know, <laughs> addressing the narrative... Don't we have a sociopathic Android inside of the campaign? We do, and we also have a possibly homicidal robot. That's yet to be seen. Um, but, you know, so... It, respecting the narrative of what the hell, respecting the narrative and the setting too close. during character creation makes sense. Yeah, you know, and then uh, you know, once the dice hit the table, then then it's everybody's story. Who the fuck knows where it's going to go? Okay, I'm going to disagree with that last sentence of <laughs> it's everybody's story. Who the fuck knows where it's going to go? To me, one of the qualities of a good DM. It, and I'm not in any way advocating railroading here, you know, or shutting people down. But one of the qualities of a good DM is to be able to bring people on back onto a narrative track without them realizing that they are being manipulated. <laughs> 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 it, it, it's the because as a DM, I feel like you should you should be in, investing time in the universe of your world, in your storylines, in your descriptions, in your characters, and it's super awesome when players think of things that you don't that you haven't conceived of, but at the same time, like if you have to just throw all of it away, that's a tremendous loss of your creative impulse, and and it's not even coming down to like oh like you know time wasted of effort. It's like you had original and interesting ideas that now you like that you should be able to share because that's part of your hobby too, and <laughs> and and. and to build off of that, but also to come back to the you know, collaborative aspect of it, like I had a definite idea of how the world works and how you know our universe was running, and the, a lot of things have changed. Oh, like a dick, a little, okay, a little, little, little bit closer. Yeah, all right. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of things have changed based on what characters have brought to to the table. You know, things that they want to do, things that they were curious about. And, you know, I think, you know, I know Stu's talked about it before, about how players will bring things that you didn't think about. Oh, sure. And it enriches mm-hmm. the entire game and the world. And now there are freedom fighters and a whole liberation front. A lot of things happened in the last game you missed. Um, <laughs> it was all subtext there earlier that I kind of cut on to. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lots of things there, but, you know, we're, we're, we're getting off the email. Um, well, let's... Go ahead with uh, my big reveal that worked. You want to continue? Or no, you want well, to... Uh, or... Really, for me, mm-hmm. the trick with saying no is having a good reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if your answer is only no because it doesn't fit the idea you already had in your head for how things should go, that's not the right choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Because 90% of the time, you sit down at a table with four, five, six other players, or two, it doesn't matter... All of those brains are working at a problem that you've laid out, and they're almost every time going to come up with a situational answer different than you thought up, in some way or another. And great! Like, that's the point of what we do. It's not otherwise, you're just sitting down to try and play a video game. Well, I I mostly agree with you there. I, I think there are different kinds of games. There are definitely games... And I enjoy these games where, where a problem, and you see them at cons a lot or um, one-offs. Yeah. That's also a different animal, right? Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. and they're, no, they're, they're well-suited. This is the spectrum for that. There is a, like you said, a problem 
that has been presented and the players are going to come up with a very unique and interesting solution, possibly something you never considered of, and it will enrich the entire experience. But half 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 my role playing experience has been the prob the players confronting a problem that the DM has presented to them, and then creating completely new problems among themselves that have nothing to do with the DM whatsoever. I, I've decided as a DM, <laughs> I love that. And I, 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 yeah, yeah, I absolutely adore that. Like the inner party, like the personalities of the characters really coming out and they're creating all their own issues yep. and I have I just I just set you them just there sit back a while and I can just some sit beer. back right and I'm like arbitrating oh. and now yeah exactly and then it's arbitrating and for me for a campaign especially that that dynamic works really really well yes I, 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 I think it totally does work very well mm-hmm. for a campaign but I, I, I feel like you I feel like you should move back and forth on that spectrum you know they think that if you leave it completely up to the players, they're going to end up just getting in a series of of really kind of half-thought-out encounters and bad fights that don't lead to anything kind of like any satisfying narrative. Um, Fair. You know, well, and so you need, I think you need to pull in some kind of authorial intent sometimes, you know, like, and, and like bring it, bring it back somehow. Um that's when I find it really satisfying. I, I love the I love the the peer to peer interactions that you get at a table, mm-hmm. but I also really love seeing my, my yeah one of my yeah, like seeing the story, seeing my friends' well thought out creative impulse being You're presented to us. You're giving me far too much credit. Well, I wasn't talking about <laughs> you necessarily. <laughs> you know, Gammon isn't here today, but he was great at doing that. Oh yeah. On the other yes, hand, yes, he was. on the other hand. He seemed extremely frustrated when we would go when we would go off the rails or when we broke his world. Different Even though uh, one of the one of the one of the uh, one of the games I loved the most it was a very small game. It was Gammon, maybe two or three of us. Um, my character just took his main villain as his nemesis, and I threw everything I had. At defeating this one person, <laughs> you know, and we we even made jokes about it. Uh, I wish he was here; we could talk about it. But we made jokes about this character. This villain probably was, like, you know, level two in, in the beginning of this world's universe, and my character ended up leveling him to epic because I, in my continual attempts of throwing himself at him, <laughs> right? Um, I loved that because I felt like I was really challenging. I w- it was a puzzle that I was trying to solve, you know. Okay. Um, but um, I feel like I I, we, I frustrated Gavin when I I solved the puzzle because that, that isn't necessarily what he was looking for, um, or maybe he didn't anticipate such a focus on it. Oh yeah, well that and it's it's something we've seen in a lot of different games where you don't know what the players are going to latch on to. Yes. And if Gammon had said, no, that's just a shepherd, fuck it, move on, how much more would that game have, like, it wouldn't have been the epic game that you remember. So it's like choosing when to say no is important and having a reason to say no. He had no reason to say no, so you really latched onto that and you ran with it and it became a thing that, you know. He, he allowed me to go hog wild, uh-huh. singularly focused on my goal. And we probably, but we, but we probably, we probably killed a longer game, you know. <laughs> we, I mean, 
as as players, we yeah. might have mm-hmm. gone there and and just trash something that could have you know something that could have been a long time like a long campaign and we, we but, we, something short. but you did get a game that you but i did love i love the heck out of exactly it. i so did love the heck out of it a little yeah. bit of both so. my big reveal that worked going back to out of print gm um some years back i was play testing a system called the riddle of steel a bloody <laughs> good game that's what is best in life for a quick setting i made the players objected uh the player subject northern viking types the lands had all been taken by a crusading force from the Church of the Giving God. The North gods have not been heard from in years. Soon the game changed from a playtest to a full-blown campaign. Soon the players had massed an army and kicked the crusaders out of their homeland. Soon they went on to a quest to Asgard to find the gods. Finally they got them and found them and trapped them... Uh, they, I'm sorry. Uh, finally they got to them, found them trapped in a magical sleep. Apart from Loki who was, in fact, the giving god. None of the players saw this coming and all had a good laugh about it. Yeah, it's... See, and if they had focused on a, you know, shepherd or a blacksmith in level two, they may not have found out that Loki was... They would have missed out on the big narrative. They would have been like, we want to convert. We want to... It's like, but I have... There's a whole plan! (laughs) Damn it! Okay. It it does remind me of um, at a con game with Tyler. Um, And it was... uh, Bill and I and Mauser and a few other people from the Happy Jacks uh, at this particular con game, and he had this great giant thing planned out. And we cut we and I think we've talked about it on the podcast <laughs> yeah. before, but we got to like this, you know, we had this big bar tab that we needed to. Oh well, if you go in this place and you bring back this mirror, then I'll clear your bar tab because it was an astronomical number. So like, okay, fine. So we go to this, you know, we break into this castle. We you know find the secret passage down to the sub-basement and oh, there's a... open up these big iron doors and there's a mirror in the middle of this empty room with a circle around it and a demon pacing back and forth and we're like oh, and he's just pacing and I'm like alright everybody, just don't move forward. It's like, hey what's what's your name? Not gonna answer me? Alright, fuck it. Seal it up. So we just we Closed the iron doors. I was like a fire mage or something like that. Welded them shut. We caved in the entire thing. And, and then somebody like found a mirror and broke it. And we burned the edges of it. And we said, oh, yeah, we got into this huge fight. And <laughs> we, <laughs> problem we, solved. And problem solved. And then uh, the, the thief in the group went and like stole the ledger. You know, so he had this great giant story, which is fantastic. Because afterwards, he, you know, you can see he was getting kind of like a little bit upset. He went and, you know, he grab this big old sheets of paper like this is what you were supposed to do you're supposed to go into the circle and here's and he just ripped it up there's like four pages of narrative and stats we're supposed to go fight a dragon and a wizard you know he took out a map i had a it's like i had a map of the fucking place gm (laughs) fields yeah gm field and we just you know we broke the his huge reveal so it's always nice when those reveals happen. So, well, and that is that is pretty damn awesome. I, congratulations to you for being able to pull your players through that whole storyline and getting the good laugh at the end. Yeah, I mean, because there's so many ways that that could have gone. Yeah, really, the easiest way to have your campaign to go off the rails is to to have something you're completely emotionally invested in and, and overplanned. <laughs> <laughs> he had a map of the place where the dragon lived. Yeah. <laughs> 
the uh, the very first game where the the fabled appearance of windy drawers. <laughs> uh, Stu was running this game for us that was based in GURPS. Uh, there was this setting that was called Infinite Worlds or something like that. And his idea was that he had gone back in time and gathered famous villains, sort of. This is like the opposite of Bill and Ted. Kind of. (laughs) Um, It was kind of like Bill and Ted's Suicide Squad, like a mix. All right. Uh, And like all of us were bad people, but we're good at things. So we ended up, and I don't even remember the setup for it, but we ended up going through a scenario where we had to kill or disable this New Orleans boss that was using magic in a way to influence the area, and we had to stop him from doing so. And he, he was aptly named Windy Drawers, and he had the best accent ever. <laughs> he was, he was, wasn't he? Uh, he was sort of based off based the Cajun off, chef. Yeah. I, I thought he was based off of that firefly from the. Fu- the Princess of the Which Frog. is, in fact, based on the Cajun Chef. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The I guarantee <laughs> you're going to like that onion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh... uh who, the, ran this, uh who, who ran this game? I'm sorry. Stu. Stu. Stu did. And, um... He had it all set up, and he had pre-drawn this intricate map of Windy Drawer's estate and everything, and we were going to have to go in there and take care of him. And literally the first thing out of my mouth was like... Well, if we got to take that guy out, the last thing we fucking fucking do is go to his estate. We got to lure him out. Like, <laughs> and Stu's like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> Literally, he just starts rolling up a map behind the screen, like it was a full-on drawn on a big, uh, you know, one it's... of those uh, dry erase or wet erase vinyl mats, and he rolls it all up, and then he runs in the house and comes out with some of that. Uh, wrapping paper that looks like a gamer's grid uh-huh. and he draws out like a hotel that we're staying at instead and he's like here See, it, it. it is a very big danger anybody who is DM'd will know be very careful <laughs> what kind of reveal you plan because you'd never know where your players are going to take oh it. yeah so it, it's you and know. I, I think it's it's also worthwhile for players that have never DM'd to, to know or to think about the fact that their DMs did have plans. Stu yep. is a great DM. He might have grudgingly drawn out this thing, but he did do it. But oh yeah, <laughs> he had a dream. You crushed his dream. You gotta understand that that feels a little bit. <laughs> As players who've crushed dreams, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, no. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't crush their dreams. I'm just. <laughs> and at the same time, it's awesome from both sides. Oh yeah. Because, again, it's a situation where you're like, oh, okay, well, the only thing these people could do would be to go to that guy's estate and try and kill him. And the very first thing a player does is go, oh, no, that's a shit it's idea. A terrible we're gonna, idea. We're going to be pretend to be uh, Yankees wanting to invest in sugar beets. <laughs> like, lure him out for money. Like, yeah, that'll work. The, totally tangential from the email. I, the one thing as a player that I, I've, I've always wanted to be able to do that I never feel like I can quite pull off is... Is the completely comedic character with an insane name on purpose? <laughs> yeah, You're the, the turd Fergusons of the world. Windy Drawers is a pretty outrageous name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always kind of jealous of players or DMs that can that can really do the voices, that can really kind of 
bring in this yeah. uh, this commute you, performance. You should listen to that vampire game. Uh, Proby, he's uh, a yeah. other his, Tim. Other Tim is um, a lisping Nosferatu because his fangs are too because big. because he and they don't retract. Fangs, yeah, so he's always <laughs> yeah. He's it's, it's pretty good. It's kind of hilarious. It's quality. Uh, okay, one last section of this email. Um, how the poxy boggarts saved my sanity. Did they really? Well, the, let's find out. Whilst working on Christmas Day, my supervisor called in to see me. He is a born again Christian, and every time no, he no, sees he's me, he's a born again Christina. You, you read that wrong. It, yes, he's a born again Christina. He was Christina once, and so now and now he's, he's Christina again. again. <laughs> and every time he sees me, he tries to get me to convert. No, I am a pagan at heart, and no problem with religious people so long as they don't try forcing it onto me. So on Christmas Day. My phone was playing random music, and just as he walked in to see me, the Ballad of Onan came on. Yeah. <laughs> without saying a word, he listened to about two minutes of the song, and then turned and left without another word spoken. Since that day, he seems to have given up on saving me. Once again, thanks to all, and take a big, long drink. <laughs> How's that for a topper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the... The Ballad of Odin, that's, yeah, that'll that'll turn away a, turn, a born-again Christina. That's about as good as it gets. Yeah. I, I always love these stories, but I'm also like, who lets people into their house? No, that yeah. was a supervisor or something. That was his, like, office manager or something. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Not yeah. safe for work. <laughs> yeah, and the fact, that the, <laughs> the fact that the guy was like, oh, it's totally cool that you're listening to a song Name about a guy jizzing on the ground. Man. But <laughs> oh god, that like, man was great. Th- oh, yeah. today man, is really hammer to masturbate. <laughs> did he? Yes, he did. That's what he's known for. They put him in the Bible. He loved to masturbate so the much. Sin of Odin, <laughs> man. <laughs> like maybe you've like jacking off, but you've never jacked off enough to get into the Bible. You know what? True. That's a good point. That is a good point. That's <laughs> fair. Because at this point, you'd have to jack off so hard that you travel back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Temporal anomaly. <laughs> Warp seven point five. Someone on Reddit. Someone on Reddit is attempting that right now. (laughs) Just jacking off so hard, you have Sulu reading off numbers. Five point (laughs) two. Unsubstantiate. (laughs) Oh well. Thank you very much, Out of Print GM, for the email. Um, Yes. Next uh, up. Right, well, I guess that's me, because uh, the second half of that one. Yeah, <clears throat> I was like, oh, yeah, wait, yeah. you just read something. Well, hello. PCs made to deal with player issues from... Of the, the Hill, Hill people. people. Hello, Jackerbots and Stu Prime. Ooh, ha, ha, ha. He will never hear this email. <laughs> no, he will, because he'll listen to our episodes to be like, did they fuck it all up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was emailing with an update to the email that was read by the B team about hey. a player of mine in my Savage Worlds Necessary Evil game who habitually makes ridiculously powerful characters with no weaknesses. Oh, this is the uh, intangible, invisible, yes, yeah, yeah. super sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the player agreed to make a new character and pretty much made a mashup villain consisting of Duke Nukem. Oh, there's no good Duke Nukem. Don't have time to play with myself. No, Johnny, these men are nihilists. There's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I come to kick your ass and chew bubble gum. Oh, I actually bought. I actually bought a bottle of Rowdy Roddy Piper soda 
that was bubblegum flavored. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I still have it on my desk. Because it has the quote, like, I come to kick ass and chew bubblegum. I was like, yes! I want that. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, a villain consisting of Duke Nukem with a Pip-Boy from Fallout and an exoskeleton from Call of Duty, as well as a slew of powers with video game trappings. I'm a fan of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but I am. I'm, we need I'm sorry. Somebody, let's read the whole email yeah, so let's, we let's can commiserate with this. Yay, the All player right. was making a character that everyone at the table can enjoy, right? Well, at least one. <laughs> Wrong! Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Not only does this character have an overlap of powers that negate many of the setting's primary challenges, like not needing to scrounge for food because his character doesn't eat or sleep, uh, but he has trapped the duplication power so that he can keep a duplicate of himself back at headquarters, so when he dies, he just resurrects into that duplicate. Hacks! Spends a turn making a new duplicate and teleports back to the fight on the next turn. That's amazing. The player also used his remaining points to get the vehicle power and has a souped-up tank that uses damage field to blow through buildings like an action movie. And when the tank is destroyed for any reason, he can just turn off the power on his Pip-Boy and reactivate it to get a fresh tank. Nope. This is so awesome. There's so yeah. much This nope. is so killer. No, there's how, so much how, nope on that. How does the game system allow him to do this? It, it doesn't. There's... Well, there, uh, uh, there should be you know rules. What? Finish, reading, finish reading this and then we, we need to talk. Seeing more red flags than the Peruvian <laughs> Communist Party, I told the player that since the group was the primary voice of opposition for his previous character, I would leave the decision to can or keep his character to them. He then let me know that he was making these characters primarily to deal with personal issues of anxiety and wanted to make these outgoing characters to force himself into communicating with the players and being less passive at the table. That's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) You can can make an outgoing character that... It's not invincible. It doesn't have a limited supply of tanks on his wrist. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what? Face man from the A-Team never once summoned a tank and then got shot in the face and resurrected and teleported back to a fight. Well, not not face. Right. Hannibal did, though. Maybe, yeah. Hannibal, like, sure. maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Because so, nobody can smoke that many cigars and not get the cancer. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, So I guess my question is this. How should a GM react to this kind of insight into a player and their character? I usually have the philosophy that we're here to game, not deal with your personal issues, but this guy is generally a great guy, and his min-maxing doesn't come off as a stereotypical nerd compensation for an inferiority complex. I made it through that sentence without fucking it up. I need more beer. Yes, you do, Uh, But what do you do when a person's character is more of a coping mechanism than a piece of story? Uh, Thanks. Of the The hill hill people. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. P.S. Damn it. Piece of shit. <laughs> Can I go after this first since I love this character? Yeah, go okay, for talk it. About I it. love this guy's completely insane rules hackery. This is a really good triple, by the way. I cannot in any way conceive that the game system allows him to do these things. It doesn't. So I'm curious as to why you can't just point to the rules. 
But your real question is, you know, I, I think it's a really valid question. I think it's a very thoughtful and considerate question of, of your uh, of the of the Hill people uh, because um, if someone someone actually confesses to you anxiety or trouble that they're going through, uh, that kind of vulnerability is is really difficult. Um, and uh, and the fact that you're actually considering it and and trying to be fair to this player is is a great credit to you. However, I don't think any of us <laughs> any of us buy it. Uh, he sounds like he's hacking your emotions the same way he's hacking the game system. Uh, that that, that could be totally unfair. Hack the planet. And if that other if that player, to league games, what? Oh. Market zero. If that. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> market zero, Donnie. You can he tell I'm a beginner because I get totally distracted. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> These men are nihilists. There's Please. nothing to fear. I don't want to be another person that is uh, talking smack about somebody that has maybe some real issues, though. Um, no, but and absolutely, but, if if he's having issues, and the fact that he. Role like, pl- role playing is, is a great outlet absolutely. for people. Absolutely, I completely agree. There, there's in fact uh, a listener that's doing a whole series of lectures on role playing as therapy mm-hmm. uh, really? and like how to do. Yeah, it was fascinating. Um, and like that's really great. That's really cool. And using it to find a way to get out of your own head and to have a good time and to meet new people and deal with. Ex, you know, social interaction in a way that's not making you anxious. It, it literally is practice at social skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely awesome. Other part of the There's topic, though, absolutely ways that you could do that and not be a douche. Yes, because by being a douche, it's being counterproductive. By having this hacksaw character, the rest suddenly of the, the group rest of the party doesn't like you anymore. Doesn't like you because it's like, oh, we have another invincible tank. You know, I mean, I understand having anxiety, and I understand you know wanting to have a character who's badass. But as the GM, I would put some kiboshes on some of this. I mean, what I know what um, Jib does for our uh, for our game group. Um, Jib likes to see the characters that we make. So we'll make the characters and then upload them to a Dropbox. And that way you can peruse them, you know, mostly just to kind of like, kind of see what character strengths are, to see, you know, you know, what kind of hindrances he has to work with and things. And it's a really good GM thing to do. And uh, the bonus part of it is if they were to send you these characters, you can take a look at how is this build? Like, yeah, because it does not sound like a legit build at all. Because teleportation, I know, is a to have it to teleport anywhere is a big ticket, you know, item. Duplication yeah. is not a cheap power. Um, uh, the not needing to eat or sleep is a big one as well. Like they, no, they all add that's up. Not actually that big. But that one's not that big. Nah. Mm. And then use many ports to get a vehicle power, but the thing is, a vehicle—that's a singular vehicle. Then again, they might all be like super veterans. You see, so I mean, Savage World. So, like, it might be that well, they well, that just have I, like. A, I know that the new Necessary Evil rule set—they um, changed the way they did it. 
Um, mm. So now you have a massive amount of power, so you basically buy all your powers at once. Because oh, okay. the old supers for Savage World, you build up powers. You can save up yeah, power yeah. points to develop a new power. So Spider-Man can swing, and you know, but suddenly he's stronger you know, after a few levels up. Um, and now it's like, boom, all one level. Because this amount of, you know, red flags, I, I don't know what level of um, characters you're looking at. I mean, but like, we're looking at cosmic level of powers where he can not only create a vehicle, but create multiple vehicles, one after the other. Right. And that vehicle has power points. So I mean, getting I, I, sorry. Yeah, so basically, yeah. Um, but s- being able to see your characters, your players' characters, and like doing a little math on it and saying, like, hey, you know what? You know, it looks like your you know powers are a little bit off here. So maybe you don't get you know. Okay, sure, you don't need food, and yeah, you have duplicates, but you can't teleport because that there's not enough powers left, or you can't you know a vehicle power doesn't work that way. You know, you don't just get to restart your vehicle. You know, that it actually says like, you know, for like things like signature weapons and for vehicles, you need to replace them and it takes a certain amount of time to do that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like helping a player like understand the rule set is not necessarily putting a kibosh on their creativity. It's actually making them, you know, play within a specific rule set that everyone else is adhering to. And that will actually enhance the enjoyment of everybody because then the other players won't think he's being a douche. The perfect example, also necessary evil. (laughs) The game that we're all playing, I'm playing essentially the Leprechaun from the Leprechaun movies, Mm -hmm. but I had put all my points into Illusion. So, like, really, my guy couldn't actually do shit, but I could fool everybody into thinking shit was happening. Yep. Uh, and the rest of us are all bad guys. Totally bad guys. Steven joins our game maybe a month in, uh, the, a weekly game, and uh, he, the GM makes him sit around for a couple hours, yep. waiting until the moment that he could jump in to join us. When there must have been five or six points where he could have come out and been like, "Hey, where, I'm the new guy." I was even saying like, yeah. "Like, hey, they, they're looking for for help, right? I, I can pop in as the backup. I can Here's do a good this. point like, for me. Like, yeah, they would absolutely. put me in, coach. Put me in, put me yeah, in. exactly, absolutely. And and it was always no, 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 no. Wait, okay. We finally get to a point where the rest of us have all gone into a deep dark sewer under the city, and we're trying to break into a ex supervillain's lair. Yeah. And we're down in the sewer, and the way he sets it up is that we're here, and down a long tunnel shows up Steven's character with no word that he was coming to join us or anything else. So as bad guys, the first thing we do is go, oh shit, we gotta kill that guy. Turns into a shit fight, and then Steven's badass character... My badass character ends up with a goddamn phobia because that's just the way the dice rolled out. But it's just like... What are you doing hanging out in the sewers? Right. Exactly. But, I mean... You should make better decisions as a player. I, I, I tried. There were no decisions there were made. No decisions it was made. just placed. Oh, oh, sure. Blame the DM. Yes. For Steven's yes. love of, of sewer work. What do you do for a living? I don't, I'm not working in the sewer right now. Don't, don't you go in... Oh, not, in not right now. You don't go to sewers right now. 
I, I work with When was the last time you climbed into a sewer of your own free will? Never. It's an enclosed space. When you're working, <laughs> it's not necessarily it's your own free will. There's a, there's a safety belt. Oh, someone that job is there on you. Because I enjoy buying goods and services. What, what I'm getting <laughs> out of this anecdote is that you're you're angry at that at that DM running an evil campaign and finding out some essential truth about you. That you no, love I, sewers. I just, that you I'm <laughs> just really mad at that, that GM. Yeah, it was, that was that bullshit. Was bullshit. But... That so does there, suck. I, yeah, I'll be, there, yeah so there are there are ways to help your character, help your player, like. And now everyone oh, the player hi Tim. Hey, 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 hi other Tim. Do the Scully hi. voice for this Tim. Hi, I'm Scully. I'm an Osferatu. He's got permanent fangs, so he lifts because his fangs never go up. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. It's so good. It's so fantastic. Because the fangs never go. Off. We were talking about. I, I've I've always wanted to. I've never been able to quite pull off a a, a, com, a purposely comedic character. It un, like comedic characters not on purpose several times, but sure. you the know to actually be able to do voices to be able to like <laughs> pull off as a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's it's from another game. Don't worry about. It. I'll explain some other time. I I, uh, uh, I was playing a dwarf who was a wizard in a world where dwarfs weren't supposed to be wizards, and I had him talk like um. Like, uh, uh, what's his name from Game of Thrones? The the, the, the the priest of the faceless god. Oh, the the man. The man, like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. A girl wants to go here because yeah. common was his second language, and he he learned it from hearing other people talk. So he referred to himself as a dwarf because that's the way other people refer to him. And he always says, "A dwarf is a wizard," and they're like, "Of course." And then, and then we would we would we would pat him on the head and yeah. then just kind of find some other like, "Oh no, that's." There's just lots of birds around. Hey, I, turn, I turn go? into a bird and like, that's a neat talisman. Where'd you get that? A dwarf has no talisman. A dwarf is a wizard. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's Scully. Scully. Scully you, Wallace. The, you, should, you should really check out the uh, the live plays. They're yeah. fantastic. Check them out. Check them out. He's a short little Nosferatu. Nosferatu. <laughs> He's a stand-up comedian. He actually did a like, three-minute routine. Yeah. I did. A it was, set. Really gross. That's kind of amazing. Fantastic. Go forth. Go for it. It was good. Enjoy your pee. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, I thought he was just coming to socialize. I didn't no, realize no, he had no, ulterior motives. This is the loser. Steven might want to check out the sewer before you go in there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I, I'm picturing Steven. Okay, I'm somewhere in between Steven's character and this year being Aquaman and, and being actually. There's a tick. There's a tick action figure here, and there was an amazing tick episode in the sewer that I I can't <laughs> I can't convey to you. Okay, so Tim went from like I haven't had enough to drink to oh he's off the rails. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me pull it back. Sewer boy, pull back to this 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 email. Um, I, I I think this GM should do two things. Uh, one is one is convey to this person has made themselves vulnerable to you if they're telling the truth. And you should, but you should give him the benefit of the doubt that yes. that he really is being honest and sincere. Because you are probably a better person than us. And you, well, no, I mean, I, I mean, I totally agree. You should give them the benefit should. of the doubt. You should give them a like, have a serious adulting right. conversation. It sounds like it's a person that you don't actually know very well as part of your ga- gaming group, but isn't one of your close friends. Um, if it's a friend of a friend, you could talk to that friend as well to see, you know, to this. To kind of like scope out this person's background, mm-hmm. um, and then what else could they do? 
But what you really want to do is, yeah, you should convey to them like that they are welcome and, and valuable part of their group and you'd like them in there and you totally support the idea of, uh, of them using role-playing to try to express themselves. Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> you could tell them that you love them and, and hug, give them a hug. It might actually creep them out enough that they leave. That, that could be a kind of a solution. But really, maybe you know, throw in an anecdote because I'm sure you have it in your own past of how role-playing helped you express yourself or mm-hmm. helped you deal with some mm-hmm. kind of situation that, you know, like, the, the, that had been troubling you. That's one thing. That's the personal management. As far as game management, though, goes, you need to learn your game system better so that you can figure out what's going on here. Min-maxing, there are some people that are uniquely well-suited at hacking game systems. That's why we have the term min-maxers. It absolutely exists. A lot of people, though, like, it's also totally legit for you to, like, ban certain books. Game systems that have been around for a long time end up having uh, expansions that are totally, that are, that are universe-breaking. And if you're working inside of those expansions, they can work, and, and if, but if people are pulling them in, they aren't going to work. Or, I, I learned that early on because... Tell them, no, you can't have that power. Yeah, and it's, it's totally legit to make a GM ruling on a power. It's like, oh, you took yep. the vehicle power. Okay, that vehicle got destroyed. All right, well, you know what? You're saying that the trappings, it comes from your Pip-Boy? Well, it needs a recharge time of four weeks. It's a capacitor. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it needs a huge recharge time. Yeah. (laughs) But but there should be things in the game system that are going to to, to limit the use of these things. You know, like PowerPoints are already in there. You need to know what mechanisms are available to you because I feel like, I feel like you should be fair. That's why I say you, you can ban books. We used one of my first gaming systems was Rifts. That's what we played a lot of. Rifts had... Coming back to Savage Worlds. <laughs> right. And, uh, Check out the Kickstarter. I want the fucking stretch goals. Do it. Do it now. So hot. That is Continue. what Savage Worlds has been reminding me of. You know, it, it, to, more than any other game system that I, I've played in. Uh, I feel like if you're going to make rules, it shouldn't just be, uh, no, you can't do this thing. It's, it's a rule f- that is fair to the table. And it's a rule that should have explanation. Well, none of us are saying like, hey, guess what? Fuck you in particular. (laughs) Well, that is what we're... But we are saying that. No, no, no. We are. Because Because his other players aren't doing this. Right. Nobody else is getting this shock collar because nobody else is stepping out of their cage. Right. (laughs) So get back in the cage. Uh, Right. Follow the herd. (laughs) Follow the rules of the book. Be reasonable. It's... If you're just asking a player to follow the same rules that everybody else is, that is not stifling creativity. That's not putting a kibosh or on a somebody. punishing a particular person. It's not just pun. It's, it's not punishing because it's like everybody else is following this rule set. It's like no, I, it's like that. It's like that's not how that power works. You can't do that. That's that's, that's not how that power works. That you is just that. what I said. Is that yeah. it needs to be a rule that everybody is following, not just a judgment on one person's character. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I and of the hill people is actually very active on the uh, forum as well. So yeah. I'm sure you know you can let I, us know I how this goes. I want to know more. I like, would love I've, to know more. I'm clicking in the top right corner. <laughs> would you of like my to screen. know more? Yeah. I, 
But but overall, Stu's going to be so know. angry when he listens to that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think we're all agreed. No, of we're of all the Hill people, if you can uh, either, um, you know, give us an update, t- give us an update in the episode, mem- the mm-hmm. episode section, or in the yeah. Savage World section, um, because I know that the the new rules for. Uh, the necessary evil and the supers companion. They changed a few things. I looked over them. I have a bit. They so. it it is a big difference on how things because now you have people doing much more ridiculous things because everyone starts off as super super duper right away. Okay, and then you basically you choose the level of super. So okay. are they cosmic level heroes? Are we we talking Captain Marvel punching at the sun, or are we you know dealing with the Punisher who has a you know. I Guns. just got a, I got myself a new Uzi. Yeah. You know, it's it's varying levels. Uh, thank you very much of the Hill people. Yay! Uh, yes. Wait, one more email. time. Serpent's blood. Yeah. Um, and right. now we have uh, something from Rebecca, and this is Tim's. Back you? to Tim. All right. <clears throat> I seek the wisdom of happy jackers. Well, you Rebecca. chose the wrong episode. Yeah, you. <laughs> that's completely untrue. I have great wisdom. Oh, that's right. Dave, Do you Dave share it on the podcast, or is that something? Bosom. Well, that's the thing is, Dave, Dave is, you know, he's an honorific B team because he graduated long ago. Oh, he's been yeah. a he's been a regular host for a while. I'm like now. only forty percent B team. <laughs> you actually would qualify as a happy jacker, which yeah, you know, one third yeah. of this room may you know one may not third be the threshold of. So we have one third. Of so wisdom. I'm going to walk away during this email. <laughs> so you should. You should take those man boobies full of wisdom and <laughs> and milk milk them. <laughs> milk the giant cow. <laughs> right, Tim. I'll read this Go to ahead, our audience. You. Yes, do that. After a long dry spell from role-playing, my husband and I have recently started a new D&D game with him as DM, the only way he can abide D&D. And I is a player. The other members hold of on, the group... Hold on, there's a thing. Oh, there's, there's a, a thing. thing. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. See how that works? See that works? I, f- I feel better about my reading already. Yeah, I mean, well, Dave isn't here to do the soundboard, so now he, I have to. He was barely doing the soundboard when he was here. <laughs> All right, continue reading. The other members of the group consist of a mother, her two teenage sons, and two of the son's friends. It's an interesting mix. We've been playing once every three weeks or so for the past half year. Hmm. My husband and I are farmers. Gold farmers or or... Regular farmers. Well, read on. So we tend to work long days, weeks, months, years. This actually hasn't gotten less ambiguous. <laughs> By the time oh, a weekend a game rolls moment. around, was I'm fairly a, tired yeah. and thus have been a pretty mellow player. Uh, there are a lot of big personalities, some of which are a little meta gamey, okay, at the table, as well as two newer players, so I've been fairly content to sit back and not make waves. However, two sessions ago, my politics loving husband, the DM, right, threw a bit of a wrench in our game. We're all related to a thieves' guild, composed mostly of gnomes and dwarves. I am the latter. After a period of absence, our party returned to find that the gnomes had staged a coup and thrown out the dwarven leadership. Yeah. (laughs) I sided with the dwarves. Well, of course, you're a dwarf. And another player with a gnomish character, whose mentor staged the coup, sided with the gnomes. It's like D&D identity politics here. I was a bit more awake than usual and took the opportunity to really play my character for a change. I ended up sitting the gnome down and giving him a talking to while leaning menacingly on my great club. 
He had been playing murder hobo with some of the other party members, which irked my Clara character. I can see how that might be a conflict. <laughs> In the end, things were resolved through negotiation. Like, what, you, you raised some of the, the dead hobos? or Okay, the gnomes held control of the guild, but two of the three lieutenants are mandated to be dwarves. <clears throat> I thought the other player came out on top as he got a promotion to the other lieutenant position and his mentor won the day. I reverted back to my less active self the next game and all seemed to go well until we were wrapping things up until the player, who has the gnome character, admitted that he was bored because he didn't feel as though he could do anything without getting in trouble or getting pushed around and that there were too many big personalities for him to contend with. I now feel bad because I want everyone to have fun and have a good time. I talked to the DM, but as my husband, he just assured me everything was fine. Said the other player might have been having a bad night. Might have been tired. Had other things on his mind. Not to worry about it. So here's my question. Do I owe the other player an apology for things done in-game? Well, I don't feel as though I did anything out of line or anything that should have made a player feel uncomfortable. I do understand that his character was put in a difficult position. Conversely, is this the DM's problem for running a game that isn't in line with the player's expectations? I don't know. I just feel guilty and want to know what I should do. Truthfully, that session was the most fun I've had role-playing in ages. It reminded me of a high school mage game that was played 15 years ago, fueled by conflict, high emotion, negotiation, debate, problem-solving, etc. It makes me sad that someone else had less fun because of the things I enjoy. Advice! Thanks as always, Rebecca. One half of the two sides, one epic winning submission of 2012. Oh, oh nice! Yay. Um, oh, oh, hey, uh, uh, go away, Baton! Soundboard. This is an unmarked Ralph Parthard. Please don't touch it. You're be looking at it. <laughs> this reminds me of the Johnny Cash song where it's like, the guy on the left was on the right, and the guy on the right was in the middle, and the guy in the middle was on the left, and the guy in the back. No? No Johnny Cash fans here? No? This, this actually reminds me of a Where song by... Don't, don't, don't have your folk music and your politics mix? No? Johnny Cash? Anybody? No? I'm fine with Johnny Cash. Look, I'm just... aware of the song you're going okay. with, but... I'm just waiting for you to continue. Oh, you're waiting for you to continue a yeah. point. Oh, no, you're both, <laughs> staring point. At, you're both staring at me like, what the fuck? Like, no, it who wasn't is this, like... Who is this Cash person? Fucking Johnny Cash, motherfucker. Well, no, but that... fucking... <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but no, but um, this is... I mean, to have a, a party of differing groups and then the GM sets up a scenario... Where the players are going to butt heads. Yes. This is something that has been brought up on the podcast as a scenario that works really well in a con game or a one shot, but can set up conflict when running into a campaign. Sure. And here we have a campaign where we have a player who feels like guilty about it, you know? And the other player. Who was also probably just playing his character. Like, hey, I'm a gnome. I want this thing to work. I want this thing to go forward. And then, you know, I I kind of fall into the camp that the 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 GM, while it's an awesome, uh, a a really awesome kind of setting thing to happen where you have this coup and everything. It's it's cool. Mm-hmm. But he sh- should have known that this is going to create problems for the players. Well, I think he probably did. So, to me, I don't think Rebecca... 
Rebecca, I think, could you know tell the player that she feels that she's slighted because if you feel bad about it, then you know, say something about it. You know, to leave your own you know soul about it. So it's to go up to the player and say, you know what. I'm sorry that these are the, this is a situation that our players were put in, that our characters were put in. You know, I'm sorry if you felt railroaded about it. You know, I was just playing my character. You know, and then uh, you know, just talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but also talk to the GM, and then just say, I don't like the way that kind of happened where we were put Except in this. She did. Yeah. So, but she came at it with a, do I owe him an apology for that? Not a, you kind of set us up to fight. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a different issue to bring up to the GM. You know, and maybe go as a group, you know, to say, you know, hey, you know, the two of the players can go, hey, you know, we want to go and have fun and do all these things. And just to have a clear expectation of what is supposed to be in the game and what you're looking for in the game. You know, because if she wants more intrigue and, you know, infighting and things like that, you know, like she said, she had a great time, but she doesn't want to have a good time at the expense of others. And Tim's shaking his head at me, so go ahead. There's another song that I thought of reading this, uh, and the Venn diagram might not have much overlap. It's by Lady Tron. It's called Ghosts. And, and the key line in the song is, there's a ghost in me that wants to say I'm sorry, but it doesn't mean I'm sorry. We yeah, all La- get in a situation. Tron Johnny Cash don't have a lot. Of <laughs> Lady Tron Canadian. La- Lady Tron is actually <laughs> Frisian, I believe. Oh. <laughs> it's a good song too. It's it's a they're a great band. Um, I just don't know that they have much overlap with the, with the Happy Jack songs, but um, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't have to be close. Everybody out there, yeah. Everybody has a song about Onan, right? Most bands, yeah. <laughs> most bands, I think, have an Onan in, in the catalog. There, um, what <laughs> you just distracted me. Now I'm thinking about Shebop. By <laughs> all right, this How's is a that thing. For a we topper? always get into situations. <laughs> or, oh, <laughs> most let's say we always, but most thoughtful and considerate people get into situations where they make someone else feel bad briefly, and then they feel super bad for having done that even though they didn't do anything wrong. That's what you get for being right. a good person. Okay. Yeah, it's part of being a good person. You feel like you feel like you hurt somebody's feelings. Oh, Dave, do you ever feel like that? But this No. Well, they <laughs> well there we I. go. <laughs> Neither do I. Is that say something? No, about? I actually no. do. I do. I do feel that way. <laughs> Well, but that, but there's the thing you didn't do anything wrong. In fact, you did something great. You fight. You actually really enjoyed the game. You really got into your character. You really played out the dynamics of the situation, and and all that's reflected. You really had a good time. A time that you haven't had. You haven't felt like this since you were a teenager, and that's amazing. That's what that's what this role playing should be for. That that was the kind of like awesome experience that you know, like exaltation. You, you should you know. You, you I think it deserves yeah. applause. Quite well, frankly. hold on. Yeah, yeah. I, well, hold I agree. On, hold yeah, on. I just heard timing. See. I think it no, it's on the left. Happen. On the left. On the left. Wait for it. Keep going. Left. More left. More left. More. There you go. Right. <laughs> totally wrong. Absolutely wrong. <laughs> I actually meant to hit the right one that time. I, I didn't mean <laughs> you so your fingers. Curse my fat Why fingers. Why you just keep undermining me, sir? Yeah. Uh, yes. There. The thing yeah. that you're saying, Rebecca. That's for you. Those. Those yes. are pluses. Okay. This. The other, you you talked to the, the the other player already. You know what? They'll they'll be okay. The, you, you talked to your husband. He said it's probably fine. 
It probably is fine. Uh, you, what's happening now is that you're trading your own. You want you're trading your own happiness for this other player's happiness, which is which is not fair. It's gonna make you both unhappy. Yeah, He's no guilt. He, uh, un, until this other player can actually play their character with confidence. They're not going to be know. able to enjoy the character because because their insecurity isn't going to magically go away because you get quiet. At the same time, now you are you've become quiet and now you're not enjoying your character. So the net happiness quotient here is reduced by two. Math. <laughs> you. That's that's not how. That <laughs> <laughs> now that's a <laughs> What? Okay, let, let's bring it back here. What I'm saying yeah. is. You should play the character to the utmost of your desire and let the other players handle their characters themselves. Don't feel bad about playing your heart's desire. Now, I completely agree with Tomes in the chat room um, who has brought up that, and as we were talking earlier in the chat room, that it's an amazing place. It's like... Tahiti in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> you should all it's go a, there. It's, a, it's an amazing place. Um, but um, he, he said just talk to the other player. Tell them you wanted to make sure they that they understood that you were just having fun and it wasn't that you were trying to prevent them from doing something. Um, and <laughs> his next statement I also agree with. Don't listen to your husband. Um, he <laughs> might be clueless because people behind the GM screen often are yeah. about a lot of stuff that happens. Absolutely. Um, so talking to the other guy is the right thing to do. And then he goes on and I completely agree still, maybe it's all in your head, but if you talk to him, you can figure out where everybody stands. So take a minute I, before the next game starts, if you play every three weeks, you know, just say, Hey, look, it was a dynamic that was set up that obviously you were going one way and I was, yeah, it's fine. I, I worry. I can still hear you. There you go. All right. We're back. Yeah. Should be fine. Everything okay. should be fine. I worry. Uh, yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, taking that minute to talk to the guy and say, hey, I'm not trying to stop you from having fun. My character had a strong position on this because I'm a dwarf and yeah. And and the gnomes and done gnomes, shit on the, the gnomes did some shit. But... That's the way it is. But taking a minute to be like, this is the way that it played out. That doesn't mean that I'm waiting to jump down your throat about every decision you make. Like, that's not the point of this game. Yeah. Uh, but after you have that talk, you have to not, you, you should not self like, censor your character anymore. No. Like, absolutely not. The worst thing would be to have that talk. The person reiterates what they said before about feeling like they can't do anything. And then you. Continue. Worry, yeah. Then you continue to worry and and lose interest in this this game, which should be fun for you. My my big props from this email: the fact that you've played mm. half a year with a bunch of teenagers. I think and teenagers none, none of them are dead. I, <laughs> I mean, IRL or <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. by God, I, I I've decided that I can't stand people that are younger than me. I think it's the teenager hard. thing here is, re done. is relevant, too, well, because she doesn't say who the other player is. If the other player is one of these teenagers, young, is one of these teenagers they... It has to be, because it's a male, and the right. only male player right. is Process elimination. That teenager needs to learn how to assert himself. He, sure. Like, 
he, like like many teenagers, confronted with somebody that, that was successfully able to argue them down, might feel a little insecure. Right. That's something that we have to learn to do as adults. <laughs> Especially a full-on yeah. grown adult that's like, hey, look, you're wrong. And, and, the, and, wi- the, and, wife the, and the wife of the DM. Right. And there is, yeah, um, it does not specify if it's a teenager or one of the adults. But, but yeah, a, a teenager is going to think that any bit of role-playing, you know, they might come to the conclusion, oh, well, I tried to do this thing and I got shut down. I think, you know, but that's a teenager way of thinking. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, if it is that, you know, you know what, Rebecca, we absolve you. In nombre del Padre, Hijo del Espíritu Santo, you're good. You, you know, in the name of Stu, Stork, and everything else, we think that you're okay, but talk to the other player, you know, have that conversation. Don't necessarily listen to your husband when he says that everything's fine. Talk to them, you know, kind of assuage your own guilt on that. Explain to the player that you're not trying to step on their fun. Um, and continue to play your character to the best ability you can. Because, and, yeah, because, because for us, I, th- I, mean, I, I think speaking for all of us, it would make us sad if you had less fun because yes. someone else was doing the things they enjoyed. Yeah, truth. Truth. And by the way, fucking rock on for like getting up at the crack of dawn and being a farmer and then being like, we're going to role play. Hell yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. that's. Well, thank you very much, uh, Rebecca, for that's... the email. Hold on. That's. Badass. Yeah. Thank you very much, Rebecca, for your email. And thank you, Tones, for your excellent advice as well. Yes. Um, uh, and now we have a GM confession. Oh, after dark. <laughs> by Keith in Oklahoma. <laughs> but probably more like... <laughs> oh. All right. Okay, so Haya again, Stu and folks. Club Desire. Club Desire. No. <laughs> you dress in the manner of a male prostitute. It yes. is true. This is Keith from Oklahoma, not Sweden. Tacos... Taco salad? Taco slod. Taco slod. Because a slod is a D&D creature. Oh. <laughs> okay. Taco slod on the forums. I want to start by apologizing for my keyboard. It seems that it wanted to talk to you so badly that it sent two emails before I was able to finish it. Here's to this one actually getting completed. Hey, so if- thanks, Stu, for... Uh- did, uh, for like oh for, <laughs> fixing that problem before it got to us. Oh, thank God! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Wait a minute. I just okay. We no, can tag out. Oh no, it's only. Oh, it's not that long. Okay, oh. I got it. Uh, we'll see. Um, uh, here, so here's to this one actually getting completed. So before this thing screws me over again, to the meat. To the. To, to the. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Soundboard failure. Um, a, few y- <laughs> a few years ago, our group talked me into getting back into the DM behind the DM screen to run a D and D three point five game. Ooh, I had plenty of experience with second edition and had played a bit of third, so I was the logical choice to run the game. In other words, none of my asshole friends were willing to run, so I got talked into running when I really just wanted to play. No, Johnny, these men are nihilists. There's nothing to be afraid of. 
in the spirit of this, I decided to run a 3.5 version of Tomb of Horrors. Though, this is pretty Legendary much a, copper. <laughs> though no. this is a... No, which, there you go. That's the stuff. Though this is a pretty much a classic dungeon where you kill stuff, or it kills you, and take it shit game, I decided to inject a bit of story into it and do a bit of role play along with my murder hoboing. To this end, I decided to inject an idea that I'd found on the D&D wiki, which is a potent miasma of homebrew liberally spiced with an actual usable game elements. Sodium carbonate! <laughs> the players really enjoy the introduction of merits and flaws into the game and the endless possibilities of the future prestige classes that were open to them. Some really good, some really horrible. One player in particular who was playing a barbarian decided that since his character had taken a f the flaw alcoholic, it would be fun to prestige into the Drunken Master prestige role-playing class. Is that a flaw? Is it flaw? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, I, yes. Damn it. God damn it. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Damn right it's your opinion. You gotta put your headphones back on. <laughs> At first... my wit. All was good. The powers he gained were hilarious and really contributed to the overall fun of the game. That was until he reached a level that allowed him to gain a power called Liquid Courage. Yes. It allowed him to take a drink and up one of his physical stats by dropping one of his mental stats. He had to make a fortitude save to stay conscious, but when he, he had had so many drinks, so I thought, great. He won't get too powerful before he passes out. This lasted until the player figured out that if he upped his con, he could make the save almost without a roll until he had raised his strength by 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> he already had a 17. So we quickly got into a situation where he would either one-shot the monsters or I had to up them to such a level that they were all but one they were all but one-shotting the rest of the party. Yes, I had fallen into the I should have thought of this through before allowing this rule trap. I could see the rest of the group was really not having much fun, but the player of the Barbarian was having a blast, so I had to adult and take the player aside and have a little talk. I explained to him that the power level of the Prestige class was such that I had to tone it down a bit and imposed a plus four max improvement on his physical stats. He grumbled but agreed. And from then on, the game proceeded with a more balance, and then I thought I had fixed the problem. But no. Oh, yeah. Simmering resentment over the nerfing of his character caused the barbarian player to become somewhat withdrawn from the game and to stop really participating. He began making snide comments about the unnerfed characters being overpowered when their players made good rolls and took down enemies easily. Then he started subtly undermining the group in-game. He started having his character stand back and let the others deal with it, to the point where one of the other characters was killed <laughs> nice. where the barbarian chose to go off and have a drink instead of continuing a fight. To be fair, absolutely an alcoholic thing to do. Totally, kind of, yeah. Like, mm, yeah, you guys, yeah. That's why I don't think it's a flaw. This caused the group to resent the player, and eventually the game fell apart. 
Yes, the player was a bit of a dick. But the whole reason that the issue even came to that was that I allowed a non-standard prestige class into a game without really looking at it closely. Since we are all pretty good friends and had known each other forever, we eventually got over it and started a new game with a rejoinder, he can't play the drunken master from pretty much everyone. The moral of the story? Always know what you are allowing into your game. Yes, it may sound cool and may fit the character like a glove, but game balance must be maintained for everyone to have fun. It's the DM's job to ensure that balance exists, at least to the point that everyone has a chance to do amazing things. And that is my DM confession. Yeah. Thank you very much, Keith. It is super easy to fall into that trap. It, it, it sounds like the opposite situation from the min-maxer we, uh, we were No, exactly. Earlier. This, you know, and this is something that I think of the Hill people can take a lesson from this, where it's like you have to know what you're letting into your, you know, game and have balance so that everybody enjoys it, not just the barbarian with the alcoholism problem. And but this, this also goes into my point, which is that it should be a rule for everyone, not just singling out a player's character, because that this is what happens when you do that. When you just judge one person's character and don't make a general rule. And we're to that. Well, really, the, the lesson is make sure you understand everything that you're allowing to happen. Yes. Especially when it comes, again, back to, like I said earlier, character creation is the time that you nip all that shit in the bud. Yes. And then you can still go along your story and everybody's on the same page. And know your game system. Yeah, absolutely know your game system. See, because here's the thing that I don't know. Because if... Thinking of 3.5, um, drinking something is a free action. Yes. But you can only do a certain number of free actions per round. Right. So, I mean, to get his strength up to plus 10, that's like 10 fucking rounds. But, but it doesn't have to necessarily be in combat. Mm-hmm. He could be like, we're going into a dungeon. I'm going to start just chugging. Just blah, 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 blah. As, as a GM, I would, you know, impose hangover bonuses. I mean, hangover penalties. It never gets to a hangover if you don't stop. It's true. <laughs> if I was GMing, my solution would have would have been something orthogonal to, to this. It would have been move the characters to a dry county. They exist in real <laughs> life. You know? Make it really hard for the character to get make, booze. Yeah, make it hard for him to get oh, booze. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have, have a series I mean, of there's... comical events that continually frustrate his ability to retain an alcohol supply. I mean, because to get ten, ten drinks, that's like ten pints, that's a couple gallons of beer he has to that's cart heavy. with him for every fight. Well, anybody who's that's gone if hiking, it's beer. Well, it's beer, right? But it doesn't. I'm pretty sure the drunken master does not state. It just states an amount. Oh, okay. Like you have to drink a a pint, or it actually says an amount about mm. of some kind of alcohol. Because you know, like a pint of oh, one fifty one yeah. is different than a it's, pint of oh, beer. Oh, hell's yes, right? <laughs> but so. But you know, there, yeah. are, there are ways to transform the situation into something that I think everybody would enjoy, including the player, player oh, himself. Yeah. If I, I can very easily conceive of a situation where, okay, you make it hard. Every time he thinks he's going to get booze, he's going to, like, just swole and take down. It, 
something happens to his barrel. He opens it up. It dried out. There was a hole in it. There's a, a weevil. There's an arrow. Arrow yeah, stuck arrow in it. Stuck it's in leaking it. Leaked out. And it's, and then every once in a while, you do let him get it. Yeah. And see, the thing is, every, and that's his every, time to shine. Right, and that'll be his time to shine. Everybody will be laughing all along because it becomes this in joke that like he would be super strong. <laughs> so like, only he can get some moves, oh. but there's, there's just there. Now I can only be a plus, like, I can only be a strength 17 barbarian. Oh, why can't I be a strength 27? But that yeah. one day when he, like, comes across the horde of whiskey barrels, and he's like, you know. Because, yeah, you know. Now's my time. His light the, the, comes the down tomb. from heaven, and he can just smash everything. Yeah. The Tomb of Horrors was, they were unknown. They were actually aging whiskey in one of those, like, offshoots in that tomb. You know, there's not a lot of liquor stores in the Tomb of Horrors. No. Oh. Yeah, but so, there are a lot. There are a lot so, of sentient creatures that might like to get messed up. So definitely the moral: know, <laughs> know what you're allowing into your game, but also, like, kind of roll with things and kind of. There are ways of dealing with it. Yeah, if you're just saying no, if you're just being like, if if it's just frustration, 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 and then you kill the uh, character, yeah. you're going to create resentment. It's it's the least effective way, I think, of, of dealing oh, with, yeah. with with most kind of, these kind yeah, of Yeah, just nerfing his one. Just him, singular, like, hey, I'm going to put a cap on that. You know, instead, you know, you know, as an, another opportunity, you could have just said, oh, well, you know, there's a percentile or something like that of whether or not your alcohol is available. You know, you know, added to yeah. his encumbrance weight. <clears throat> there are different ways of dealing with it besides just nerfing one character unfairly and then Absolutely, creating a resentment. Sure. You sure. have control over the entire universe. There's a way for you to solve these problems. And with like the previous min-maxer, that's another thing. They could have sundered his tank bracelet, the, something like that. The you know? great yeast blight. <laughs> <laughs> right? Good luck finding beer now. It's Ooh. like, oh, he has to take the white dog. So it's like, that's a harder fortitude save. You know, but there's, there's different things that, you In, know, learning from this experience that you can do. You know, mm -hmm. and it's, and thank you very much for sharing it because it's, yeah, we totally understood what you did there, and oh, I'm yeah. glad that you guys are all because friends and oh, yeah. still playing. And I'm, I'm glad that it's become an in-joke where, like, oh, yeah, that guy can't play a drunken master. Fuck that business. You know, and it's good that you guys are back on the gaming horse and, you know, no hard feelings. But, you know, it's it's something we can all learn from, which is what a GM horror story is all about. This is a similar anecdote. A neuromancer, uh, William Gibson, uh, there's the main character. The main character is a drug addict. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as part of, uh, <laughs> I don't think this is too spoiler because it happens very close to the beginning. But uh, he gets, well, a and it's a thirty-year-old book. <laughs> there oh, are no, spoilers. there are no, there is no statute no. of limitations on no, no, spoilers. No. Fuck that. Um, Fuck that. Hey, guess what? Guess what? What? I'm trying to think of. <laughs> Atlanta Burns in Gone with the Wind. Atlanta Burns. <laughs> thanks, Dave. Now I'll, thanks, Dave. Now I'll never be able to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Hey, guess what? Um, it was a sled. <laughs> it was a sled. <laughs> Bonus points to our audience, whoever gets that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the main character is, is part of his rehabilitation uh, when he's like kind of adopted by this uh, zaibatsu to mm -hmm. for the for the goals of the book. They give him a new liver. And that liver is in, is 
incapable of processing the drugs. They just pass through his system. He can no longer be an addict because there is literally no substance in the world that his genetically engineered liver won't just pass Excrete. through. Excrete. Yeah. And it drives him crazy almost the entire book. Yeah, yeah. There are ways to take that kind of concept and put it into a fantasy setting, whether it's oh, sure. temporary or permanent. And, and without without narrowing down on the alcohol too much, it's like that's the kind of thinking that you want to apply towards overpowered characters or even characters that are appropriately powered, but whose powers would maybe defeat some scenario that you like that you like to run. There are situations where you're like, if we had four out of five of these players, this would be awesome. But this fifth player will totally be able to solve it in half a second. If you you can do things to try to 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 short circuit that those players' abilities, not in a way, and and, and you want to do it with a light touch because you don't want them to feel like they're being singled out. But if you can do it in an entertaining way, they'll actually appreciate the challenge more. Sure, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> one other important piece of business that I forgot to take care of at this the top of the show. I, I thought you were talking about the bathroom. No, no, I did my business. It's done. <laughs> okay. It's done. Complete, <laughs> as they say. Uh, no way, biting. <laughs> that's, that's later. <laughs> but, should, we, uh, should we cue the Onan? What are we talking about here? No, what kind no. of business? Uh, the uh, important business that has come up is that uh, many of us got information from the upcoming convention. Uh, Maycon. Uh, what, what is it? Gamex? Gamex is Maycon. Uh, is the, the next convention here at the end of May for Memorial Day weekend at the Hilton LAX uh, Hotel. Um, uh, Strategicon.net is the website. Uh, it's coming up uh, this Friday, today, as we speak, is the last moments to submit a game to have it on the site because tomorrow, Saturday, is when pre registration opens. Really? Uh, for games. Um, but the other very, very important piece of information is that the uh, it, it has been talked about before, but that the hotel is going to be very extreme about uh, cracking down on people bringing outside food and beverages into the public spaces of the hotel. Uh, and the only places that that's okay is in your rooms or in the third floor uh, outdoor patio area. Fascists. I completely agree. Um, LARPers ruin everything. No, no. Yes, they do. The hotel's policy. Because of LARPers. I completely disagree with, and it enrages me to a level that I didn't know I really felt that much rage. So this includes, like, coolers of beer? Isn't that what you actually take the cause? that's exactly what they're talking about. Well, that's, you know, it was a bunch of meatball sandwiches, I can understand, but that's... the, The... we need Taylor here to really put forth the amount of spite right. and hatred. <laughs> Sorry, do you want yes. me to channel, Rob? Well, someone no, like the the thing is, and Tom's just brought this up. That, can that, you wear Skechers on on the hotel floor? GMs and volunteers yes, for the con need to report people that are bringing beverages. Well, really, this is a fascist right? state. It's turned yeah. into because you're it, supposed to report people to the secret people. police. Um, but that's. The, the hotel's policy, and I'm sure it's a very complicated issue, but Larkers. I hate it. Also, beers and, will be like 15 bucks. Um, no, that's... That, that, no, that the convention itself will be held responsible for people that 
make those kind of choices, and there might be fines for the convention and all that kind of jazz, and which we don't, none of us want. We don't want to hurt the convention because the Strategicon conventions are awesome, and, and they've been totally, very good to the Happy Jack community, yeah, and they're awesome, and, and it's and, an excellent place where we've all kind of met, coalesced, and had great gaming, and met so many awesome people. Yes. Like it's just it's great, and I oh, I love everything about that. It hurts me so much to say, just keep it in your room. Well, yes. Bar in the car. But uh, the hotel is happy to sell you um, food and beverages that you can wander around with. Tell including them to beer open up earlier. And that stuff, except for that their uh, bar and re- the bar itself doesn't open until four every day that we're there. Good God, man. Which is kind of annoying. Um, but yeah. Now, um, here's a question. Do you know of... Any Happy Jacks affiliated games going on? Because I know it's Maycon tends to be a Happy Jacks light. I'm pretty sure that Jib is running something because he yeah, usually does. I, I know Jib and Gina go, and Jib usually runs at least a few games. I almost want to text uh, him. And then peripherally, mm. uh, Dave seventy seven. Oh, that's right. Uh, he will be is there, he and be... he will be running Spirit of seventy seven games. Nice, um, which are amazing, and he is one I've... of the most dynamic GMs I, I may have ever need witnessed. To actually go to this con, then, like it, it's. Do yeah. you want to go? When is it? In May. Memorial Day weekend. Mm. Last weekend of May. But anyway, you can Think figure about that it. out later. Think about it. Uh, anyway. That's it. I wanted to put that out there because I know we have a lot of listeners that go, and it's very important that you aren't wandering around with your cooler and stuff and getting the con in trouble. Um, apparently, Dave77 is running some not Spirit of 77 games this oh, what's time he running? Well. Is he in the chat room? No, he's not, but Tomes is one of the most informed people in the world. Tomes is magical. <laughs> everything. Tomes is, is goddamn yeah. magical. Yeah. He's, yeah. Good God, I just... <laughs> I just yes. made that connection. Yes. Wow. <laughs> but I, I've had some beer. More Other or than less. that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I might be able to get out to the con for, like, Sunday this time. I'm not going to do the whole thing yeah. as I am want to do, but uh, I'll be back in full force in September. Um, I might actually make it to September con this time around because I can't go to PAX. It's, it is on. Yeah. I can't. Wasteland weekend. I can't get the time off of work. That's the wrong choice. Dude. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. This has been the pseudo B team. Uh, it's, it's most of the, it's half the It's B partially team. B team. Partial B team. And, and, and Tim special the, guest. Special guest Tim, the super new guy. Which we've actually talked about. Uh, you have heard stories of Tim. Tim is the guy that gets into religious debates on fantasy gods with Taylor's characters often. Um, Thoroughly, yeah. I feel like that's the least entertaining story you've probably told about me, but it is true. No, it's, 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 it's one not that false. comes up often because, yeah, because everybody out there knows how Taylor is. Yeah, and they was, understand that that probably funny. makes was, you more reasonable. For, I was talking to, <laughs> I was talking to the more reasonable, you know, Taylor. Um, yes, yeah, where. <clears throat> The reason why, I, we've kind of figured out the reason why Taylor's so angry is because he has the anger of a much larger person, a lo- much larger man, just compressed. Distilled. No, no, compressed. compressed yeah. Yeah. It's like a black hole. It's just this anger is much denser because he's such a tiny man. 
the neutron star of hate. Of hatred, exactly. Yeah. I always thought it was a chewy nugget center of hate, but no, it's a neutron star of hate. And it makes so much more much more sense. I get it. I Tiny get it. man, big hatred. All right, so hang on. Let's see if I can get this right. Uh, no, you can't. It's I, a lie. I, I can't defend. believe these men may control the fate of the Middle East. <laughs> God, I hope not. I, Here I it comes. comes. We're doing it right this time. We're listeners of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast Weekend. Thank you for joining us. This is in Season 16, Episode 19 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Kadave. My name is Teleonic, and Taylor, I'm sorry I didn't have a chance to defend you. Uh, this is Horky, a.k.a. Clockwork, a.k.a. Asshole. And we'll leave you with a song. Eventually. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> and thank you, Tomes, for all your knowledge. And the awesome chat room. Big ups to the chat room. I don't care about you, chat room, and Thanks for having me. We'll see you in hell. <laughs> the preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.